Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast. As always, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire via USA Today. I'm your host, Phil Smith a.k.a. Phil Filipino, and as always, joined by uh, my partners in crime, Jay Johnson, Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, how's it going? Going good, man. Tired as heck, but as you know, I'm, I'm grinding, and uh, it's been a, a crazy series of events this uh, weekend that we're going to talk about that I'm excited to chime in on. Um, yeah, I'm doing good over here. Um, somehow, week one of the preseason ended up being eventful. And uh, don't know how, but I'm looking forward to it. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely, as we actually we we finally made it. We had live football. It was at some points it wasn't really very pretty football, but we had football nonetheless. Um, and then obviously over the weekend there were some unfortunate events at practice. Just like Jay alluded to, we will get get to here in just a moment. Before we begin, just make sure that you you check out all of our and follow all of our site handles. At Jags Den Podcast, which we just crossed the 100 follower mark the other day. So thank you so much if you had followed us on there. And also the Jaguars Wire um, on Facebook as well as Twitter. And then you can check this podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And also we are on the Audio Boom Network with USA Today. And shout out to everybody that's given us positive reviews on iTunes. That really, really means a lot. So, hey, we're going to get right into it, guys. Um, unfortunately there was some off the field stuff that we're going to get into before the actual game that was last Thursday. So if you haven't heard by now, there was uh, a video that surfaced over the weekend from practice between Dante Fowler and Yanni Kingakwe that surfaced, um, from the times unions, Philip Heilman, I believe is how you pronounce, uh, pronounce his name. Now training camp fights happen all the time. This one actually resulted in a couple of suspensions on the part of Dante Fowler as well as Jalen Ramsey and we'll get into the re- those reasons why here in just a moment so guys just right off the top of your head what are your initial reactions of emotions boiling over here at, uh, at practice over the weekend you go ahead Jacob um uh, let's see like well like you said before we actually started rolling tape on this it's nothing out the usual if we just want to be completely honest with it only difference is it was caught caught on camera shared the twitter so everybody sees it and a certain cornerback just happened to respond back to it and thus that made the rounds on espn like i think i caught around the horn at some point today and they had a segment on it and again it's no big deal maybe i'm just downplaying it too much but it's football this is what two weeks in a padded practice I get they're both on the defensive side of the ball, but at the same point in time, you get tired of looking at each other. You get tired of talking to each other. It's no different from anything else. The only difference is they did it on the field. Media recorded it. 
It got uploaded. We can talk about how he should have uploaded it, if he should have uploaded it. That's a separate issue. But as far as the actual fight itself, no biggie. They could have waited to the locker room. But again, we're in North Florida. It's hot as hell out here. And you mentioned that, Jacob. Sorry, Jake, not to sorry to cut you off. And you said just to add on, you said it was a padded practice, and not to mention the eleventh consecutive padded practice in a row. So that probably also also contributed to not, the tempers. Not your regular practice at that. A Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin padded practice, by the way. So that's a key element in this too. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, it's like, dog, just shut up. Just I don't care. Light up, right? Just shut up. That's probably what started it. Was I'm tired of you being out of position. Line up so we can get out of here, man. I'm tired of being in these pads. I'm tired of looking at Doug and Tom. Right, right. I mean, like, I don't know the, the details of what started the actual altercation or whatever. Um, but uh, that being said, um, uh, Phil, I want to start by saying Phil is a guy that uh, when I was in training camp or uh, when I went to minicamp earlier, I met him. Uh, he seems like a cool dude. Uh, just a guy just doing his job. Um, albeit, I already said on Twitter, I don't, I don't know that I would have filmed it or or uploaded it in that fashion. But um, then again, like, at the same time, I guess you could say I wouldn't be doing my job. So Phil, in his defense, was just doing what he's paid to do. Uh, so that being said, in terms of the actual fight itself, um, I think me and Phil have discussed this. Um, it's I, I think it's a possibility that Fowler is very jealous of Yannick. And, I mean, this has been said before by many others. Um, and, and that might have had something to do with it as well. Like like I said, we don't know the details. Um, some people have even went as far as saying that they weren't really arguing arguing at each other, but that video clearly shows them arguing at each other. Yeah, I was going to say, you could say that if we didn't have tape, but... Uh... Right. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, the tape kind of speaks for itself there, Right, guys. I mean, like, Yannick runs at Dante with his fist balled up too by the way you know what I'm saying and he put Calais Campbell in the spin cycle good thing Calais don't play left tackle because Yannick dipped and ripped him like it was nobody's business and uh yeah like I mean that, that well, he's in mid-season form to, right. uh, to work on. <laughs> it's so, like um, it's like bend your, bend your knees Calais bend your knees <laughs> Needless to say, I think uh, the Giants' offensive line is going to be looking at that tape to see exactly how Yannick exploded because uh, Eli's <laughs> going to have a long day week one. Dude, it's funny. I saw a retweet today. I forgot who it was from. But somebody said, um, they were like, you notice how Yannick got around his defender, but Dante, <laughs> but Dante couldn't get around his defender just like on the field. <laughs> I almost died laughing. So anyway, yeah. one of my favorite things about this, Jane, as in is is Taven Bryan just walking off. <laughs> he, just, he knows he knows better. He's like, you know what? I just got here. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk away. That and if you notice, uh, Tad Dickman, the PR guy, he's in the like he's he's on the uh, right hand side. And, uh, of course, he's the guy that walks people into the uh, media room and he conducts all the media interviews, this, that and the other. So needless to say, he was on the field uh, probably to give the team a briefing on like what, what's going to go on when they get into the, the stadium or, <laughs> or the building or whatever. But, yeah, it, like before Jalen can even say, put your phones down like Tad Dickman. He had his phone out and he already knew where it was going. He like casually put his phone in his pocket, and, like tucked it away. I was like, yeah, he, he knew what was going to go down. So, um, yeah, that being said, though, um, 
like I was saying, I just think it it, it might have been jealousy. Again, I don't know like the context of the actual argument. Um, but that being said, I mean, at this point, I think you know the Jets got to find some way to either get Dante Fowler out of there, or I mean, I guess we're gonna talk on this later, or either um, make sure that him and Yannick can coexist in the same locker room because um you know he's a ah. guy <laughs> yeah good luck with that but um this could be problematic going forward and it does need to be addressed um let's just look at this fight from the standpoint of Fowler even though clearly from the footage that we saw Yannick was the aggressor let's just look at it from Fowler's point of view if we're considering this as a act uh, him acting out or like something that we can count against him this is what his third strike in the past few years. So, like, what, what, what are you counting as the strikes then? You had the incident back in Hillsborough County with the cop, mm-hmm. and then did he not have a suspension for something else as well? That was separate from that. Uh, it was the cop incident, which happened. It was actually revealed during last year's incident, but right. the cop incident actually happened before that. But it okay, just came so- to the light when he uh, had the incident with the guy in St. Petersburg, which is his hometown, where he, right. he assaulted the guy. Pouring out, <laughs> pouring out liquor. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So there we go. That's two incidents right there. Right. And then we have, again, if you want to count this, we don't know what led to it, what started. It's just looking from footage. If you want to count this, that's three strikes. Right. He hasn't been healthy. He's underperformed. And he's had some, and, inc- uh, some incidents on social media where some, you yeah. know, I don't even want to talk about it, but some videos slipped out on his account, which he, I mean, you know, he kind of deleted them quickly, but still, you know, they, they kind of surfaced and yeah, there's that too. So, so yeah. And, and Jay, you said you, you and I were talking and you had heard that these two have not gotten along to begin with, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've like I said, I don't know if it's any truth to it, but I mean, I guess this validates it because of like looking at how they came at each other. But it, it's been long rumors, at least. I'll say like I've at least heard this for like a year or so that they haven't liked each other, and that probably could be <laughs> because Yannick, as uh, they put on Ten Ten XL, is what Dante wish, or or, or is what Dante should have been. Basically. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Yann- yeah, Dante is the first up. round pick, the top ten pick. Yannick is the third rounder, who's all of a sudden the talk of the town. He's the top one hundred player, and n- who's Dante Fowler? You know, right, right. I mean, like people forget, man. Like, yeah, granted, Dante. You know, it was unfortunate he had the ACL injury in his first year, but when he came back, it didn't take long. I think it was one or two games into the season that they replaced him with Yannick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and Yannick has been starting since. So I think that, you know, that that has a lot to do with it. And I mean, like, I think somebody on Locked On Jaguars, um, shout outs to them. Uh, they put it very well when it came to this this beef between the two. But when you look at Yannick, he's a guy that has developed over time. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen his yeah. growth. He's getting years. better every year. Right. But Dante Fowler, really, if you look at him from year one, or I guess you could say year two because he was injured in year one to now, he's the same player. It's like you don't see 
the 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 amount of work that Yannick has put into the off season, uh, you don't see that out of Fowler, and you don't see the growth and development, which leads people to question like, what does Fowler do on the off season? Because Yannick has made significant progress and could be a Pro Bowler, or he is a Pro Bowler. He could be an All Pro yep. in and, a year. And not to mention this, guys. Look look at this 2015 draft. The guys that got drafted after this is our favorite game to play. Is who did the Jaguars <laughs> pass up on? Yeah, <laughs> Um, oh, and, and Jay, you and I, if I remember correctly, you and I were not very high on the Dante Fowler pick. I am never no. high on taking Gator players. Sorry, that's just me. I'm no. actually I'm not sorry. Um, the the tape the tape speaks for itself. Um, but anyway, Leonard Williams, Vic Beasley, Todd Gurley, um, Melvin Gordon, Marcus Peters. Um, those are just a couple of guys that went after. Um, uh, after Dante Fowler, Landon Collins obviously was a second round, a second round guy. Mm-hmm. So. You know, not only has he severely underperformed, like you said, there's a guy on the team right now who is outshining him in every single way. And they maybe even drafted a guy to make it so that they don't who cares if we lose him because we got a guy that is going to live up to his potential in Taven Bryan. Right. That, it, now we look back it, at that yeah. pick. It, that don't even make me as mad as it did when we initially made the pick. I'm talking about Taven now. You know, I mean, Phil was there with me in the restaurant when I found out before time who they were going to take. <laughs> And I, I, I yelled out a swear word in a, a nice restaurant. I probably should have just kept that to myself. But <laughs> that being said, like now I look back at that moment and it's like, you know, I'm kind of glad they took Taven, even though I would have preferred, you know, Lamar or whatever. But I think the Jaguars saw this beforehand with Fowler and and they, they know he has a checkered pass and they were looking in advance, you know, in, in terms of what he's done. Yeah, but. To counter that, you knew he had to check his pass at Florida, and you went and took him third overall. Right. And, again, uh, Fowler, all these incidents, you know what? You're real cheap. Like, I think his hit is, what, less than five mil this year? Because mm-hmm. he's still on his rookie deal. Right. So you're you're real cheap. You're real easy to move. And uh, I think there's a team up north, uh, one of those New York teams, they wear green. They got like three quarterbacks, but only really they need two. We need one. <laughs> the mouse, <laughs> I think, is who you're talking about. You know, he had his knee like ripped to shreds. Yeah, that one. Yeah, just trade him, send a couple picks. Hey, call it done. You got enough depth on the defensive line. You don't need him. Let it go. Uh, the funny tweets I've been seeing is uh, trade Dante Fowler. And a, a boatload of other picks for Khalil Mack. And I mean, I mean, we know Bruh. they're probably not going to give up Khalil Mack. But then again, the Raiders have done crazier things. No, they said it. They talked about how he might legit get moved this year. Yeah, so. they, they've done crazy things. So I mean, but for Dante Fowler, they probably would laugh at us and hang up in our face. Just to be honest, even though they were joking when they made that tweet, but I found that funny. Remember that Dave Chappelle joke where he talks about um. How terror! Uh, how terrorists only only take a certain color people. <laughs> yep. yeah. We would be like, yes, we want to offer Dante. Hello, hello. <laughs> That's why you got to call and lead. So hey, we got a defensive end. Uh, we're trying to you know kind of clear a little room for our rookie. So we got to play available. Oh, okay, we're interested. Who do you have? Dot click. <laughs> Don. Click. click. Jesus, then they Dante, call back. I mean, Wait, um, did you David say Johnson Dante Moncrief? Because if it was him, we we might take him over Fowler, but no on uh, Fowler. <laughs> just as a fun note, David Johnson won the third round that year. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah. I just looked. I just I looked at the that. first round. It could have been worse. Could have took Rashawn Perriman. I'm just saying, could have been That's worse. That's true. 
Could have been. I mean, at least they got a serviceable rotational backup out of Fowler, but still, I mean, that's not what you want from your third overall pick. No. Hey, nah, you a top three pick. I need you to be a pro bowler, if not all pro. Right. He's supposed to be in Yannick's spot right now, and you know. Yep. Well, you know, I think we're all kind of on the same same page there, as far as and this team is is going all in on a Super Bowl run this year. The expectations are as high as they have literally ever been, maybe since 1999. And you can't have that kind of distraction in the locker room. And when it comes down to Dante Fowler and Yannick Ngakwe, one of these guys, obviously Fowler had a solid year, but one of these guys is going to be the cornerstone of the franchise. The other one is expendable. So I can definitely see him him being moved. The other part of that uh, that we, we spoke on a little bit of that altercation was Jalen Ramsey. Uh, speaking out to the uh, to to Philip Heilman <laughs> that was m- recording the video and having some not so great words for him, and then also taking to Twitter to respond as well, which resulted in a one game pre- preseason suspension. With Jalen's probably like, "Cool, I'm gonna go hang out, hang out with my daughter." <laughs> like he's probably just gonna <laughs> he's probably just gonna take the take the time off and and run with it. Um, but at the same time, we talked about this before we went on. Jalen's got a little bit of, you know, an attitude. He's got a little bit of a temper, and you you, you can't go to Twitter like that. I, I think I think we're all in agreement on that. But what? Um, how do you feel about how Jalen handled himself with this specific situation? Well, yeah, I, I chimed in on it on Twitter, and I wasn't a fan of it to be honest with uh, with you guys. And I mean, look, man, I'm a big Jalen fan. I'm probably going to own several Jalen Ramsey jerseys by the time he's retired. So, I mean, it's it's not a matter of that. But that that's part of the reason why I feel like I'm not a fan of it. Because uh, as Phil saw earlier, for example, putting myself in the situation of Phil and you cussing at me like that in the public, you know what I'm saying? And then you take to Twitter at that and then you call me out like, in front of everybody it's like look hey some of these people could be that are in the media could be fans of the jacksonville jaguars the people that you know put money in your pockets at the end of the day and i and and there are some members of the media who are jacksonville jaguars fans so you kind of have to be careful you know i mean you you should respect all media members but you have to be careful when you do these kind of things i mean you you can't take the twitter and, and and like jacob said before we started recording you especially can't type that message to a person. I mean, you could have toned it down and I'm pretty sure if he toned it down, like, you know, nothing would come of it. You know, it'll be just, Hey, look, Jalen Ramsey called out a reporter, uh, you know, this blows in the wind and that's the end of the story. But being that he did it in the manner that he did it in, that made it a big deal. And um, I'm not sure as to if that's why Tom Coughlin or whoever served him up the suspension gave it to him. But you you have to think like that's a big key part of it is the Twitter, uh, the tweet that he sent to Phillips. So that's how I feel on it. Um, Real quick, you mentioned that you were bothered by Jalen saying oh, when you actually listen to the clip, you can hear Jalen yelling at the uh, media and then Jalen going to Twitter. Which one bothered you more? Um. Probably, well, the the Twitter thing, because I'll say the Twitter thing bothered me more because, like I said, I'm a big fan of Jalen, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want him to be put out there in the wrong light. You know what I'm saying? It's more about, like, his image that I'm worried about more than me. But 
I mean, in right. terms of the like, here's the thing, man. You can't tell reporters also about the thing on the field. You can't tell reporters to put their phones away. Like, it's out in the open. It's in the public. Like, and and like, do you pay their cell phone bills? No, you don't. So, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, you you just simply can't do that. If it gets caught, then you know that's on your fellow comrades for putting it out there in the open. Okay, right. There's that. And for the most part, I relatively agree with you. Here's my thing. This isn't out of character for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, no, absolutely not. Since days at FSU, none of this has been really out of character, which is why Jimbo tried to keep him away from media as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm not too much bothered with it. I think what really made this a national issue that had ESPN there by talking about it was the fact that he hit it with the hashtag and the fact that he directly added Phil right. and that kind of in itself made it seem like he was coming just at him. Even though if you read the message, you clearly see he's talking to the other reporters as well. Mm-hmm. If he would have kept it a more general statement, took out the hashtag, we wouldn't be talking about this really probably. Right. But right. again, I also feel like that's frustration. And honestly, he probably just wanted a week vacation. He probably just wanted to go home and spend some <laughs> yeah. more time with his daughter. <laughs> That's what I tweeted too. Like, I, well, I tweeted that he just wanted to get out of training camp because it's so rigorous, yeah. you know. Like, like come on. I mean, because yeah, like you know, was that really necessary? Like, you, I feel like it was some kind of motive behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Jalen is a little over the top sometimes, but that's even for him to go at a reporter. That's a little extra. So it's I like say it was heat of the moment, and like you mentioned before, there apparently was a meeting with Jalen in the media, like in between all this happening. Right. And I feel like something was said via somebody in the media. Right. Which Jalen may have taken as it to come from Phil. We don't know. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows Phil, he can definitely come on the podcast and explain to us if he wants. We'd love to have him here. Mm-hmm. But there was something, uh, just looking at how Ramsey has moved since he's been at FSU and in the league, he's almost too calculated to let something like this slip. Right. Because you can't suspend, you're not going to suspend the man a week because I think the tweet said it was for his involvement in the fights in training camp. He broke up a fight. He right. got threw himself in the middle to break up a fight between Fowler so, earlier. So we today. hear. So we hear. Right. Allegedly. We got. We got to clarify what, it. Yeah. So we we don't know like for sure if like, allegedly right. <laughs> so it's got to be for the tweet. And at this point, again, nobody wants to be in camp. It's August, mm-hmm. North. Florida. Nobody wants to be out there. Oh yeah, in padded like, practices man, like, with Tom Coughlin running it. Nobody wants this, right? I, I can relate. Like in people like that have been through football camps in high school in the middle of the summer. Man, like you get on like even though granted they those camps aren't as long as Jaguars training camp, but you get into like a week's training camp and you hitting day three. And you just tired of waking up every morning at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. to go practice. You got two more other practices in the heat of the day. Like, you know, it wears on you. It wears yeah. on you. And I, I think that's that had you right. That had a lot to do with it. And um, I mean, we and we've you know, we've seen Tom Coughlin's practices in the past because, you know, he was the coach here formerly. You know, players have been on record for saying, hey, man, they, these practices are ridiculous. At one point, he said he felt like he had to tone it down when he was with the Giants. Uh, and that's when they went on their Super Bowl run. Like, you know, he, you know, he, he kind of had to chill the practices down just a tad. Not that he did it by a lot. But that being said, yeah, it, it just seems like emotions are high. 
People are hot. They're tired of hitting each other, you know, because they've been seeing the same people throughout camp. So I think that's why this Minnesota Vikings joint practice session will be good for them, hopefully. I mean, now that Fowler's there, I don't think they really have to worry about any altercations with the other team or anything. But they they get to change up the personnel and hit different people, and and that does help with the aggression. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really unload like you want to as a def- as a defender in practice because it's, at the end of the day, it's your teammate. Right, right. Like, you can't go take off DJ Chark or Safarian Jenkins' head or Marquise Lee if you wanted to. Like, you, you can't. Right. Because, like, when we went to training camp, they were during the scrimmage, you saw where if that was live play, his head is rolling five yards the opposite way from his body. Right, right. So, I mean, it's just tempers, but let this will be a learning lesson for Jalen. He'll probably come back. He may or may not apologize if Coughlin makes him. He'll find some way to backhand it and be sassy, which again, <laughs> I don't have a problem with. It might just be me as just hey, the boy talks. It's what he does. If right. this was Calais Campbell, for example, saying this, I'd have a problem with it because that tells me that either one is something personal between these two. Are there something else going on with Calais because this is completely out of pocket? Right. Uh, let me ask y'all this too on the um on this whole matter. Like, do y'all think this will affect like any future contract talks or the extension for Jalen? Like, because they talked about this on Ten Ten XL. Um, and do you think like the meeting with Tom Coughlin didn't go like? as planned and maybe Jalen went off on Tom or something like it was an argument. It got heated and that resulted in the, the weak suspension, which could, you know, trickle down into contract talks or something. Do y'all feel that way on the matter? I, I, uh, I mean, I don't think so. If he goes out and has another 60, 70 tackles and gets six interceptions. Right. You know, um, honestly, now that you mention that, that's probably actually what led to the suspension is whatever happened from that time in the fight video where you hear Jalen and whatever happened between that and whenever he talked to Coughlin after he talked to the media or before he talked to the media privately. Right. Honestly, and then came the tweet. It was probably what happened between him, Coughlin and Marone that probably led to this. Mm. Now that you mention it, I see that a little more feasible than him spazzing on a reporter because, dear God, he's not the first nor the last person to go on Twitter and spaz on a reporter. <laughs> That's true. Like, I think I saw Antonio Brown call a reporter a straight-up liar and told him to stop making up stuff earlier today. Mm-hmm. So, I, but, uh, uh, the thing with, just like, kind of what you're saying, Jay, is I didn't, I didn't really like how he handled it, but also, just like Jacob said, you know, this is just kind of in line with his personality, and you kind of have to have a little bit of that personality to play cornerback in this league, I think. But the thing with me is he is the, he is the face of the franchise and people are already doubting the team. And when they see this, they're going to be like, Oh, look, here it is. They're starting to fall apart. And right. we don't need that kind of stuff around. And Jalen, we don't need like, to be I the work, new Seattle Seahawks. No, no, definitely. Exactly. And Jaylen, but we like are, said, but he, we are, <laughs> but we don't need to be like that. Like that, like, the end, the towards the end of the Seattle Seahawks. We want to be the beginning of the Seattle Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but here's we want to be the on the right side. They're still is, talking. Yeah, and he's like I said, he's the face of the franchise, and he is. And I work at uh, Fanatics now, so he is the he is in the top twenty as far as jersey sales. A Jaguar player is in the top twenty as far as NFL jersey sales, so he is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the best look, but I I think 
hopefully he'll come back from this. And as Jacob, as you mentioned, he'll probably be forced to apologize. And you know what? If you're gonna, if if he's gonna half-ass it, that's that's totally fine. But just go out and do it, and then just go play football. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. one more thing I want to add is about the question that I just asked y'all. At the end of the day, man, I don't I don't know that it would hurt contract talks like some of the people on XL said, because at the end of the day, money talks. You know, like and who is gonna pass up the opportunity to be because this is gonna happen. If they if and when they offer him a contract that is going to be to be the highest paid cornerback in history, Jalen not yeah. going to pass that up. Yeah, I was just about to say uh, this is a top five corner. This man is on the path to be a generational talent at the cornerback position. There's no way in the bluest of blue hells Tom Coughlin and company would be like, oh, remember that time you spazzed at that reporter? Yeah, we're going to have to pull about 15 mil off the right. table for that. Like nobody's that stupid, I would hope. <laughs> I mean, even, even Tom Coughlin, as stern as he is, he understands the value of Jalen Ramsey, okay? Uh, Jalen Ramsey yeah. might be the best player he's been around, or at least top three that he's been around in his career. That goes back to Jacksonville as a coach. That goes back to when he was uh, in New York. And, I mean, Tom Coughlin is a smart enough talent evaluator to know that this dude, like Jacob said, is a generational talent. And, uh, you know, that being said, you know, I think – this will all blow in the wind um, as soon as probably week one. Jacob said that it'll blow in the wind by next week when he come back. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll look back at this and laugh at it in the future. Yeah, he'll be back. They'll talk about it for a day or two, and then we're on to the next. Yep, I definitely but, think it'll be – we'll just move on from this pretty soon, and the sooner the better. But let's get to actual football that happened, guys. Uh, last week, the <laughs> Saints came into town. For the very first preseason game, and uh, the team look, looked looked pretty solid. It was a twenty-four to twenty loss, but who cares? It's preseason. Um, so overall, you know, I'm going to get you guys' thoughts as to who stood out. I, I did get there. I did. I was in attendance of the game, but I did get there a little late, and then left right in the beginning. As soon as they put Tanner Lee in, I wanted no part of that. So <laughs> I, left, I, left, I left immediately. So um, Blake Bortles. Looked pretty solid. Uh, the boat, six for nine, 53 yards, and scrambled into the end zone for a rushing touchdown. And um, and after that, he uh, he did sit. And Cody Kessler played most of the game, who had a solid night, 14 to 17, 139 yards, and a touchdown to Scott Ordendoff. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Just want to say he signed my hat at training camp, and now he's scoring touchdowns. So you're welcome, <laughs> right. Scott. I, I I just have a feeling that I had something to do with that. That so, was Scott that signed your head. I forgot about yep. that, bro. Him and I Alan Lazard. I, I find it weird that he's wearing 87. I haven't seen anybody in 87, like, in a long time. Yeah, it make you wonder if it was retired. Like, I yeah. mean, obviously it wouldn't, but, yeah. Same thing with 82. I haven't seen an 82 in a while either. But, yeah, so uh, the first team went out and did their thing. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Had a solid, uh, solid first drive. Five carries, twenty-four yards. Um, Shane Wynn and Didi Westbrook both had three catches for thirty-nine yards. And then, of course, Tanner Lee came on, came in and looked like a sixth-round draft pick. So, yeah. But um, <laughs> did you guys see anything that that stood out to you? Like as, as I mentioned, I didn't really get to see too much of it. Um, but what did you guys see that was? Uh, um, I, I will say this: um, I did see the DJ Chark special teams play and. That was awesome to see that guy playing so hard. Um, of course, he had the one catch, but then going going downfield and making that tackle was really really good to see. To, to, you know, to see him just be put in anywhere and play hard was really uh, really encouraging. Yeah, Jacob, you you can go ahead first, my man. 
Uh, yeah, I caught like random bits and pieces of it, a few highlights here and there. It's week one of the preseason. It's a glorified scrimmage of scrimmage. Can't put too much stock in it. Can't put too much stock in the preseason, honestly. But, I mean, Blake did look good. Uh, Fournette really looked great, especially considering how much weight he's cut. He's still running like he is Leonard Fournette, which is crazy to watch. But, hey, at least I'm not the one hitting him. <laughs> and uh, I'd definitely say Kessler was the highlight of the game from what I saw. saw a good bit of his time in there. I still don't feel comfortable that we didn't draft a quarterback uh, because I'm acknowledging Tanner Lee. Like you said, Phil, it's not looking good for him to actually make this roster. But Kessler makes me feel a little bit more easy in regards to there not being a legit backup behind Blake. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. I mean, hey, week one of preseason, everybody came out relatively in one piece. I think Blair Brown went into a concussion protocol, and that was about the major thing. Other than that, hey, we survived week one, on to week two. Hopefully we'll make it to the regular season healthy and not end up like Darius Geis from uh, the Redskins with an oh, ACL. Man, I feel so bad. Out for the oh, that poor guy, man. That, that like, was awful. Do away with the preseason or make it two weeks. Jesus, man. Like, they really got to cut down these preseason games to, like, three. I mean, not that that would have helped them because he got hurt in the first two. one. But yeah, like it shouldn't be that many because it just increased chances for risk. But um, real quick before I, I chime in and give my uh thoughts, I wanted to ask y'all this, like because I heard this on um, I think it was another Jags podcast. Uh, that's literally what it's called, another Jags podcast. And, uh, they were saying like <laughs> I, one reason we're sliding the competition for a second. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying one reason to uh, and I've been impressed with Kessler. I'll say that too. But one reason to be happy about what Kessler is doing is that, you know, he can build his value up as, as trade bait. Uh, well, I want to know like real quick, like, you know, what do y'all think? I know it's a little early and he hasn't been a Jaguar all that long, but like, like from what we've seen, like, do y'all think like it's possible this guy could, you know, work his status up to being like a, a third round trade, you know what I'm saying? Get us a third round pick in, in exchange for a trade or something down the road. Um, question. Mm-hmm. Who, where, when, third round, and what? I'm just saying, like, like hey, someone goes down. What, I mean, who, who could, who could benefit? Let's say he has a good preseason. Mm -hmm. Who would be, who would be the target? I mean, it would be. No, not this year. No, no, they were saying like later down the road, like next like, year. Yeah, like yeah, not this year. So, like, I, I hear you, but I'm just looking. I can't think of a single team off the top. I literally have all 32 teams in front of me. All right, you got the Ravens. They have Flacco and Jackson. Bengals, they have – yeah, they, Bengals have um, Dalton. That's fine. The Browns have two quarterbacks. The Steelers have Bathroom Ben and the kid from um, <laughs> OK State. Uh, Rudolph. Yeah, the Bills are a mess, so that's not going to matter. The Dolphins have Tannehill. Well, how terrible is Josh Allen going to be, by the way? Uh, yeah, look, dude. Actually, he he didn't look bad in his game, his preseason game. I don't know how terrible he's gonna be, and I'm skeptical on him. But I mean, like, just like I have to when Blake does good, I have to give him props for props for dude. Uh, Allen made some crazy throws when I mean, granted, he was going th against what the second and third stringers, but for for now, if we talk about just what he did on week, still one, better talent than he played in college. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I think third string NFL might be better than Wyoming. 
But nonetheless, um, still week one of the preseason, though. So yeah, I feel like the Bills fans will be wishing they had Tyrod by about week four. If the Bills fans are sober by that point, I say week four. Right. I mean, the we Jets. They still have AJ McCarron. I mean. Oh yeah, there you go. That's a solid option, actually. Like no jokes, McCarron. Could be I like McCarron. Solid. I wanted us to go get McCarron. Yeah, yeah he's too. a band aid. I couldn't trust McCarron for a whole season, but I could trust him getting through about a four or five game stretch if necessary. Well, here's what would happen: is if say Blake goes down and knock on wood, which is really weird to say, but <laughs> say Blake goes down and Cody comes in for three or four games and they go three and one and he throws for six touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, looking at history. Somebody would offer – someone would try and come, come get him right? and just based off of that small sample size. I mean look at the look at the contracts that Mike Glennon – the Mike Glennons mm-hmm. of the world have gotten just right, based off right. a very small sample size. So that's – I mean that's a very good question because like, it, it could definitely happen. It's yeah, not I, a right. possibility. I hear that, but also I think everybody in the league has learned to stop letting the Glennons and the Flins and everybody of the world come in, be hot for a second. Have they though? Because because what's who, his name? Who's Sam, the last big Sam Bradford keeps getting signed. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, look. It's like how does Sam Bradford keep getting jobs, bro? Like, I mean, hey, look, I'm not mad at him. Get your money, man. Get your bag. We talk about it all the time. Get all the money you can, Sam Bradford. But how does he keep getting signed? Is my question. Look, this might be the first and only time I ever pull out a cape and defend Sam Bradford when healthy, which is a Big qualifier here. When healthy, Bradford is a top fifteen, top twenty. He's right in that pack of quarterbacks. Good. Yeah, I mean, look at healthy. His, he's he's good. Yeah, look at his stats when he's been healthy. He's literally lit the league up. He's had solid years. So I can see why he gets paid. My question is, why are you paying him so much money when he can't stay healthy? That's my question. And also, we've never seen Cody with a actual football team. You had like yeah, I was about to say that. Like prior, he was with the Browns, right? But like some people might look at it as like looking on the outside in as like, hey, look, man, the Jaguars roster is talented, and he he practiced against them routinely, and, and he's done well against them. Granted, it's not the ones, yeah. but you can even argue that the Jaguars twos could be starters on some of these teams. You know, they, yeah. their roster is that good, and that's how like other GMs might see this as like, look, man. He might not be a starter, but what he's been able to do against the Jags in practice and what he's shown in, in, in the preseason, and if he ever touches the field in the regular season, they might put that all together and be like, hey, look, y'all can have a third for him. You know? I mean, wow. you feel a whole hell of a lot better than you did last year with, with Chad Henney. <laughs> and think of it this way. If the game that they put in Chad Henney to, I mean, like we said, we always talk about this. We're just a year removed from Blake Bortles almost losing his job to Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. If Chad, if, if Cody Kessler was on the roster, came out and had that kind of performance in week three, he would have, he may have started week one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not to mention, he's not bad in terms of like that. That's what Blake Bortles got the nod over Chad Henney, according to Doug Marone in the press conference when they named Blake Bortles the starter last preseason. It's because mostly of mobility. But if you look at the film in terms of what they were doing in terms of passers, they really was neck and neck. It wasn't that big of a difference between what they were doing in the preseason. Like, So if you were going off of them as passers last preseason, like it would have been hard to decipher. But at the end of the day, Bortles gave the mobility. And the ability to get out of the pocket if necessary. 
And and like to your point, Phil Kessler is a guy that can move. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, no, he's not RG3 or he ain't um, Lamar Jackson. But as we've seen in the preseason, but he's not stiff. He's not immobile. No, no. And like you notice, you look at a majority of the plays he was in. He was rolling out in a majority of his plays. And that's where he was the most effective. So he does have the wheels to move out. And, and you're right, Phil. It's a it's a possibility that Kessler could be the starter if he was here a year earlier. And yeah, you can make that argument, but at the same time, he could not beat out RG3, R. Josh McCone, R. Desa- R. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, R. Kevin Hogan. None of which, none of those quarterbacks are currently on the Bron- uh, Browns roster right now. I mean, you can make the argument about that, but at the same time, as much as I love Hugh Jackson, he he should be fired by now. Like that, oh, yeah, that whole staff and that team is, is a, a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, I don't. All I'm saying is, I don't find it as a coincidence when Kessler moves on that he's having more success. Like that, nobody succeeds with the Browns. I, what quarterback has succeeded with the Browns? Tim Couch. Um, what was that guy? Derek Anderson, one year. Yeah, Derek oh, yeah. Anderson, Tim Couch. That's it. Him and uh, oh man, he had the big receiver he used to go to all the time. What was his name? Uh, Braylon Edwards. Yeah, oh, yeah. buddy yeah. out of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, I mean, I just I, I feel like I wanted to ask that question because I mean, I, I think like it could be some legit potential for Kessler. But um, so I, I let me ask you this, Um, so in your most recent roster prediction, you have as far as the receivers us carrying six, and you had Shane <laughs> Wynn in and Rashad Green out. Can we mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, as everybody know, I I um. My people know Rashad's people, so that was hard for me to do. Like, my sister went to school with his mom and dad, and Rashad went to the same high school as me. He came along one year after I graduated, so I almost played on the same roster as him. I played with his brother. Um, So, I mean, that being said, like, what it boiled down to in that situation is, I think Shane Wynn, as we said, led receiving for the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night. Okay, so he obviously flashed as a receiver, uh, flashed better than any receiver on the team aside from Westbrook and, and Corey Grant. So that helped his case because Nathaniel Hackett said he wants uh, explosiveness in this offense, and Shane Wynn gave them that. I think his average was good for like 11 yards per carry or 11 yards per catch or something like that. So he gave them that explosiveness. Um, and he's a guy that we've also seen. He's hungry. He's fiery. We all seen the video of him cooking Tyler Patman back to back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that video alone, like him jawing off at Patman showed me that this guy wants it. Like he's tired of being on IR. He's tired of uh, being on practice squad or, or not making the main roster. He he's, definitely fits in with the with the kind of the attitude of the team, too. Like Rashad yes. Green, he's a little more you know timid. He's a little bit quieter. You don't hear much from him, which is totally fine. There's nothing right. wrong with that. Yeah, right, right. right. But Shane Wynn, he's he's more in line with this new attitude that the team has. Right. Like, I mean, when just on that video alone, I mean, and I'm not saying Shane Wynn is Steve Smith, but he was popping off them, popping off at the mouth like Steve Smith. He reminded me of a, a shorter version, a stockier version of Steve Smith. So, I mean, additionally, with Rashad is he um, also muffed a punt in Thursday's game. And that's been an issue with him before now. And I think like 
the coaches are continuing to see that as and it's like a timer in their head like hey look we've been giving him shot after shot and he he's been you know he he hasn't flourished in the opportunities he's given maybe we should give this guy like Shane Wynn a shot or maybe give like a Alan Lazard a shot um so I I went with Wynn because Wynn is a guy that like I said he showed up in practice he offers something at, at special teams and and right now it's so little of a margin of error for that number 6 spot a muff punt can can lose you that spot as as I mean we've seen with Jadon Mickens last year. So I mean that that's why I I feel like right now he he's the best receiver in terms of that that last group that's fighting for that number six spot. If we're looking at the game that uh, transpired with the uh, the Saints, and of course it's you know week one of the preseason, so still plenty of time, but. Right. I made note of that. Yeah. Like it's time for Rashad to to get that position back if the coaches are looking at it that way. Remember a few years ago, I think it was like this is I mean, this was actually I say a few years ago, but this is actually a long time ago. Remember when it seemed like Reggie Williams was probably on his way out. He just wasn't playing up to his 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 uh, draft pick. And then he went out in the preseason and just balled out. And we completely, you know, he kind of restored that faith. That's what Rashad Green needs to do. Yep. Right and he now. can do that. He's totally capable of doing it. I mean, all he has to do is just, like you said, Phil, it's, it's very important to these coaches not to muff punts. Even if you don't get a return out of it, just make sure Hang you don't phone the ball. Yeah. So, like, if he could fix that and just flash as a receiver a little bit, show show something as a returner a little bit, it, it's not going to take much for him to get the nod because he's already put in the work. He has an established uh, resume with the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's put in the work in training camp clearly he looked great in training camp it's just a matter of it transferring to the game and, and he could certainly do that also uh, sorry Jaguar fans for bringing up Reggie Williams I apologize <laughs> oh man yeah the, the him and Matt Jones man uh, we touchy uh, subject <laughs> man. yeah but oh yeah I mean I, I got so caught up I never really talked about uh, what I thought. I mean, like you said, Phil, DJ Chark really stood out to me. Um, yes. I, I love seeing him go down there and make a play on special teams. It reminded me of the play that uh, Keelan Cole made uh, in his debut as a Jaguar against the uh, the Patriots last year. Uh, and, and, like, I mean, look, they, they're trending. Both of them have identical preseasons. Uh, and I'm talking about Cole's rookie season and Chark's season now. So I think, like, you know, the potential is there. I, like I said, I think Chark eventually is the Jaguars' uh, number one or two receiver. I love what Bortles did. Uh, that being said, like, I don't I don't really know how many of the starters were in for the Saints' defense at that moment. So, I mean, that's something to look out for. We'll see more from him uh, this week because the Minnesota Vikings' defense, as we all know, is is probably the best uh, defense. If if you're discounting the Jazz defense, they're like one and two or neck and neck or however you yeah. want to view it. Uh, so um, that'll be a good challenge for him and a better way to gauge him as opposed to the Saints guys. So um, those are the guys that I came away the most impressed with in that. Yeah, we're super excited to see what happens next. As we mentioned, of course, it's just week one, so there's still plenty of time for players like Rashad Green to to right the ship, or on the other end, just for Shane Wynn to to widen the gap. So we will see what happens. Of course, that next preseason game coming, coming up against the Minnesota Vikings as they will share joint practices. And we'll have a lot of news coming up on that here this week. And then for week three, 
Um, we should all be, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll all be able to go, but um, a, a, the Jaguars wire will definitely be represented at that third preseason game uh, here in town. But yeah, I do believe that that is pretty much it as, as far as we wanted to, to talk about. And even though it was only two topics, it was took up a lot of time. So, um, you know, even though it's the preseason, still plenty of things to talk about. And it's just going to get more and more exciting and ramp up from here. But uh, before we wrap up here, guys, um, Jay, tell them what we got coming down the pipeline. And, and then, of course, Jacob as well. Yeah, man. Uh, plenty more uh, training cap coverage on the upcoming, uh, like Phil said, the joint practices with the Minnesota Vikings up in uh, Egan, Minnesota. I'm uh, going to be talking about uh, some some matchups to watch uh, throughout practice and throughout the game uh, and, and doing some some evaluations on on their roster as they, too, were in their conference championship. And uh, of course, on the on the day of the game, Saturday, which will be prime time Saturday afternoon, we'll have uh, tons of coverage as we did last Thursday uh, on, on game coverage, post game co- coverage and as well as pregame coverage. Jake, you still there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he fell out the chair or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm here still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still here, still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, broke my ankle trying to do a coast to coast. Uh, yeah, to get back to my chair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but nah, um yeah, I'm still here. And uh, not right now, with you guys anymore. <laughs> we love you, Phil. We really do. <laughs> We're not friends if we can't laugh at your pain, right? Yeah, but it's just my pain that we. It's like it's only my pain. You're the only one that puts himself in pain. (laughs) Jay, have you done anything stupid lately? Uh, not not anything stupid enough to snap an ankle or nothing like that. All right, well, Jacob's got nothing going on, so that was his time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Basketball's done, so now I'm kind of in that lull period, and uh, frees me up more time to contribute to the Jags wire. And other than that, I really don't have much going on. Wow, I'm a loser compared to Jay. (laughs) <laughs> well don't worry man we got uh we, we got you we got you uh, slated for a uh a guest spot on the way for a podcast here soon um speaking of that yet uh, we'll have uh jacob on pretty soon to talk about the nba offseason um as uh as far as that also eric cerna and i just recorded a really op- awesome episode about uh with uh with my good friend sierra barry um, we talked about Broadway and Hamilton and also addressed some cosplay controversy, which you guys will really want to check out. That's going to be coming out here later this week. Um, as always, I'm I'm at uh, Phil, I'm Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. Make sure you follow all the Jaguars Wire related sites at the Jaguars Wire on Twitter and Facebook. Jags Den podcast on Twitter. Sports, sports grind underscore Don underscore Jay Della. Make sure you follow the entire team and as mentioned before we have a whole lot of jaguars coverage coming your way very very soon so thank you guys so much for once again joining and supporting the jags den podcast the go-to jaguars podcast out there y'all take care and we'll see you next time go jags